Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 49 of the Unweaving Chronic Pain Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andrea Moore. And as always, this is not a substitute for medical advice. All right, you guys, this episode's going to be a little off the cuff. I was actually supposed to record with someone right now, and um, they did not show, but I hope we will have an episode later. (laughs) But I'm like, I'm here. I was ready to record. I was ready to talk about stuff. So here I am. I am recording this on January 3rd, so right after the new year, and I feel like there have just been some themes that really, really were just moving through so strongly and kind of like just totally culminated by the end of 2022 that I wanted to share. This, I think, episode is going to be so helpful if you have been just cycling in chronic pain and keep finding yourself coming back to the same patterns, winding up in the same place, feeling like you're not making any progress, not knowing what to do, and just feeling overall kind of like, oh my gosh, like when is this going to end? Because here's the thing is you are so not alone. This is where I was on my journey for so long, like just constantly feeling like I needed to find answers and I couldn't find them. I wasn't getting any good ones. And it's like, I would use time to find answers. Like I would take time to find answers and to research. And so it felt like I was doing things. And then it was like, oh, I discovered this new thing. And like, oh, hey, let me look into that. Or like, ooh, here's this next practitioner that offers some super special thing that sounds super cool. And so it's like, you know, I would like wait between appointments and like, oh my God, I have the next answer. And then I would just find myself back in the same place of like, and all my symptoms are still here. And I did all that research and that didn't seem to lead me anywhere. What it really comes down to is a surrender. And I've resisted using, I'm not sure, I'm sure I've said it on this podcast. I feel like I've resisted using this word just because I had such a, (laughs) I heard this word along my journey and I hated it. I was like, the fuck you want me to surrender? Like, are you kidding me? Doesn't that just mean giving up? And it doesn't. It actually doesn't. And I'm not going to actually go into, I feel like that could be a whole different episode. So I'm not going to dive into surrendering um, and letting go because that's really what I'm referring to. But I actually want to, rather than get caught up in those, just because that can have so much other like emotional energy around it, I actually want to step back into patterns that operate to protect us from surrendering and surrendering and letting go because surrendering and letting go feels so scary. Like that just doesn't feel like an option. So here are the patterns we use instead. So really what this episode's going to be about is about investigating those patterns and just noticing if those exist in your life, and if you can relate to this. So don't worry if surrendering and letting you go freaks you out or you hate those words. That's not what this episode's going to be about. No one can force you to do it anyways. <laughs> but I just want to investigate patterns that I think tend to appear to protect against that. And anytime we have patterns, anytime we are finding ourselves doing the same thing, being in the same energy, kind of seemingly be in the same place, the biggest thing is, is to see if you're able to just step back and see it, to fully see it of like, oh, look, here I am again, (laughs) without judgment, without shaming it. And actually bring in some curiosity, compassion, and even playfulness, which might sound kind of crazy. That's 
that in itself can be an entire journey <laughs> in itself, right? It's like clearing away the shame and judgment that comes with noticing that we are doing the same thing yet again. And one of the biggest things that helps me cut through all the shame and judgment is just having the phrase, of course I'm here again. Of course I'm doing that. Because that's just what humans do. And so try that on. Next time you notice yourself, whatever it is, shaming yourself, judging yourself, finding yourself spiraling in self-deprecation, or finding yourself eating things that genuinely do not make you feel good, right? It's like that, like, why did I just do that? That, I, that doesn't make my body feel good. Or scrolling for hours and going to bed way too late, right? Like those kinds of patterns that you just know aren't supportive. But it's not helpful to shame them because that doesn't stop them. How's that worked out, right? What if instead you just were like, of course I'm doing this again because I'm a human. <laughs> just said it. Try it on, okay? Because that's really the key that has to happen. And again, there might be some extra work that, that needs to take place to even get to that point. But the goal overall is to not keep feeding into the pattern. In order to shift a pattern, we have to notice it without judgment first. I cannot reiterate that enough. And once we do that, all kinds of things can happen to shift patterns, which is not what this episode's about, but we are going to be touching into a very specific pattern and then kind of like a sub-pattern of it that I see a lot. Because a lot of noticing a pattern takes just knowing, like knowing that the pattern even exists, right? Like there's there's been patterns that I've done for like ages that I didn't know to stop and look at because I just didn't even realize it was a pattern. It was like a thing. It wasn't until someone pointed out like, oh, hey, do you ever find yourself doing this? Where I'm like, I do do that. <laughs> that it's like, oh, look at this pattern that my nervous system wants to keep going into, right? So that is the goal here is to point out some patterns to see if you notice, if you are getting caught up in them. And if so, then you can shift them from there, right? So one of the biggest patterns I see is urgency. An urgency to fix, to change, to shift, or like to solve a problem. It's this feeling of like, oh my God, this has to be solved right now. And when you're in this pattern, it's such a sneaky kind of like tricky one because when you're in it, it literally feels like there is a fire burning down your house and it's like you have to attend to it. It's like there's no thought of like, oh, let me actually, this can wait because you're like, oh my God, my house is burning down, right? Like in the case of your house burning down, you have to do something immediately. You have to call the fire department. You're not like, oh, let me pause and reflect and see how my emotions are feeling, right? Like, no, in that pattern, you you take action immediately in urgency. There is an urgency to find your phone and call the fire department. That's cool. That works in that case, right? And when we're in that, right, when you're like frantically looking for your phone to call the fire department, there's no place to pause and be like, do I need to be doing this? Like that, you don't have that, right? And that's what makes the pattern of urgency so tricky is, we get so caught up in it that it can be really tricky to notice at first because it feels, the urgency feels so real that it feels so wrong to question it. And when you question it, it can change the freaking game. Noticing my pattern of urgency because, oh my God, do I have it? <laughs> and do I still fall into it? 
But being able to notice when I was in it was such a game changer for me. Because when I was in it, nothing ever good came out of it. All that would happen would be me wasting tons of time. But but again, while I'm doing this time, it feels like it's so productive. Like I would be researching. I'd be learning all kinds of cool shit. Like don't get me wrong. Like there was some knowledge that I took from it, but none of it helped my situation <laughs> or like, you know, solve my problem, solve my post-concussive syndrome or solve my chronic pain. None of it did that. In fact, it only fed into it more because it just would add to to like problems. It would be like, oh my God, now I've discovered that. Oh look, my eye tracking is off and that's one more thing on my list of things that's fucked up about me that I have to fix, but I don't know how to fix it. But here's more information, right, about it, right? And so all it led to was just a longer list of things that were wrong with me and feeling even more urgency to fix them. So it's just like this self-perpetuating pattern that happens. And then it's like, for me, the way it presents is this very like, I have no other way to describe it. I think it's like very like panty, like <laughs> feeling. <laughs> like I just like picture like a dog panning at like really shallow breathing, really like a really tight throat, really tight chest. Like there's no room for breath. And I just like, I feels like I need to keep moving and running. Like kind of this very flight pattern. <laughs> now when I notice that though, when I can feel me going into that panting, into that tension, because it still happens. It's not like this pattern just disappeared. When it happens... How I react to it is completely different than before. Because before, when it would happen, that is when I would get lost in researching and reading and listening to podcasts and, you know, seeking out more, 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 what do I need to do, right? Until I just got so exhausted and burned out or something like, you know, another fire popped up into my life that I just kind of like got distracted enough that I would like get out of it. Whereas now when it comes, it actually, I have trained, like literally took intention and time. And this happened over time. I really want to emphasize this over time and with intention, train my system that when I start feeling this pattern, it actually triggers me to stop and pause and breathe. When you do that, and then you can from there reflect on, wow, why is this urgency here? What's going on? Where it has led me to instead has been game changing because it shifted me out of this cycle of what I was doing of like knowledge seeking and into turning inwards into myself and turning into internal for answers instead of just all external for answers. And I want to actually give a very practical, practical, whatever, an example of when this pattern hit me recently and kind of how cool it was to notice the difference of how I reacted because it was just such a tangible thing. So I started, uh, I don't know, whatever. I'm trying to think of timeline. I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, noticing I was having more and more pelvic pain. If you have listened to this podcast <laughs> You know, I have a history of, you may not have listened to that episode. I don't talk about it a lot. During, um, while I was giving birth, I had a uterine inversion, which is where your uterus completely flips inside out and comes out of your body, which it is not supposed to do. And the doctor has to punch it up with their, like you can, I mean, don't look it up unless you're weird like me and you like to look at shit like this, where it's like literally the doctors just imagine elbow to fist up inside my body, holding my uterus inside 
Otherwise you bleed out and die. So super fun thing. Yay. Okay. So had that kind of a traumatic experience as you can imagine. And, and I dealt with, I had a ton of other pelvic issues and like uh, pubic symphysis issues and like coccyx pains and like all kinds of shit from my pregnancy and during my pregnancy and after my pregnancy. So like long history of chronic pain and issues there. And for the most part, I've been pretty good. Like really don't have any issues anymore. And except for a couple months ago, it kind of started to like come back and like a little bit of a different flavor than it has been before. And then like a couple weeks ago, it came back. I want to say really strongly, but it really wasn't. What was strong was my fear reaction to it. Something happened the day before that triggered it. And then the next day it lingered. And that was really like new. And it was just this low level like ache that was with me all day. And it just like was freaking me out. And so I started noticing my body going into fear. I started noticing that panty feeling coming on that like, oh my God, I have to fix this. Like what's happening? Like need to solve this. And I could, I started like, you know, doing some research, like reaching out to my friend who's a pelvic floor therapist and asking some questions and stuff. I caught it. So like I've only lasted probably a couple hours in this like pattern before I was like, okay, pause. Okay. Whereas normally I would have gone on like weeks for this. Okay. So like a couple hours into a pattern noticing is pretty damn good, especially for one that evoked so, it's like such a strong fear, fight, flight reaction in me. And in this, I hadn't realized it was such a strong fear, fight or flight reaction. And I hadn't linked it with my previous experiences yet. Right. Like at all. Like to me, it was just like this new pain that had come on because I hadn't felt it in this way before. And so I was able to pause and I was like, okay, hold on. Okay, the pain is actually like probably literally like a two out of 10. It's just that like really like high on aggravation, but low on actual pain scale, if anybody else knows what I'm talking about. So, okay, pain's not that bad. Everything is functioning normally right now. Like there is no, there was no red flags, right? Like I could walk myself through that. And then I'm like, why am I freaking out about this so much? Like, what is, like, really? And I, like, asked this with compassion. Like, it wasn't a judgment. I was like, why am I, like, so freaked out by this? And then it was like, duh, of course I'm freaked out. My uterus once tried to exit my body and almost killed me. <laughs> of course this pelvic pain is freaking me out. That makes so much sense. <laughs> And in this moment, and it sounds like so silly, but in this moment, it was like, ugh, oh my gosh, yes. And I just like wanted to love on myself and hug myself and be like, of course, you're so scared. Like, holy shit, that makes so much sense. Like, think about what you've been through, right? And in that moment, though, I was able to be like, but I'm here right now. Like, I'm not in that moment of my uterus coming out. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. If you listen to me, you're probably good here. Right? Like I'm not, I'm not there anymore. I'm here and I'm safe. And like, there's no bleeding. There's no like anything that's indicating that it's emergency. I'm safe right here and right now. And I like brought on all these safety practices and literally just helped my nervous system understand like the date, the time, my age that like, that pregnancy happened five and a half years ago, right? That like, we are good. And I could just finally then relax. And here's the thing. The pain itself didn't go away. Actually, none of it changed at all. But my fear response to it did change. Dramatically. 
And so then it was just a low level annoyance of pain. And because I am a physical therapist and evaluating a few other things that I'm able to do, I was like, actually, like, I want to get this looked at. It wasn't something I'm not a pelvic floor therapist. I know some things, but and I, and, and and being able to then talk to my friend a little bit more, be like, this is something that like I can, I don't want to treat myself. I'm I notoriously am terrible at treating myself. So it's like again, just admitting like it's not a strong point of mine. <laughs> I'm not a pelvic floor expert. I have had issues here in the past from what some things I'm seeing. I think this will benefit from seeing an expert. And so I just reached out, found a pelvic floor therapist and booked an appointment. It was actually so cool going to that appointment and her being like, so how long has this been going on for? And I was like, actually, it's only been ongoing on for like, at this level, like two weeks. I mean, I was like, it's kind of been like creeping up, but like, really, it's only been a concern. And she was like, seriously? And I was like, yeah, I was like, how cool is that? That I like came in now and not like after three years of freaking out like I've done before, but like not actually seeking help. Anyways, because that's my other pattern. Whatever. We won't talk about that. And already, like I've literally been, I've been to two appointments so far. And she, I like just literally, I really truly needed to hear someone say your uterus is not coming out. And like, I can't, I mean, I guess you could, whatever. (laughs) I was like, I guess you could use mirrors. I can't see that for myself, guys. (laughs) And I don't know what it's supposed to look like, okay? (laughs) I'm not a pelvic floor therapist. I don't know the difference between a prolapse and an inversion, which is where I was getting caught up in my brain um, because they are two different things. Like two different things are happening. And so I was really scared where I was able to identify that my fear was People are going to think this is a prolapse and treat it as a prolapse, but it's really an inversion. So I needed her. I needed someone to like look who knew what they were talking about to be like, this is not an inversion. This is something else. And she actually doesn't even think it was a prolapse. But anyways, now everyone knows about my pelvic situation. (laughs) You're welcome. I needed someone to say that and to tell me that and to like give me that comfort. Or if it was, or to hear, yes, this is an inversion and you need to go to a different person, right? Because that's like a whole different type of treatment. And then get that treated. But it wasn't. She gave me a couple things. It turns out not shocking at all. I have completely neglected my own self-care when it comes to like foam rolling and like I have notoriously tight hips and stuff. And I have been running a lot more, which is just makes your hips more tight if you're not actively stretching them guys or foam rolling them out and stuff like that. (laughs) Like that does impact things. And if you're sitting a lot more, which I've been doing, you know, with Like I sit at a computer for work, just like so many people and literally just like by foam rolling my hips, like doing like the most basic things that I do know how to do myself, but I just neglect it to do. It's already made such a difference. Like I already feel so much better and like the pain actually is completely gone right now. So that's super cool. All of this to say is I am attributing this kind of quick recovery here so much to me noticing that pattern of urgency And being able to have the pause and to really reflect on what was going on because it allowed me to take very intentional, specific action that was driven by my internal wisdom. And I really wanted to use this example specifically because I think so often when I say internal wisdom or when people hear internal wisdom, they think it means that you can't get help externally. And I think it is hard a hard thing to explain unless you've experienced it, but there is such a difference. And just like think back to like at a time, because I'm sure everybody has experienced this. It's just like 
intentionally thinking of it and feeling the difference, right? There is a difference between a fear response and then from that fear response, seeking external guidance, this urgent external guidance, which is aimed, going to be aimed. It might not, not is subconsciously going to be aimed at trying to eliminate the fear, not the underlying thing itself. Our external, then what we are looking for is just trying to get out of the fear, which is never going to address the underlying issue, which could be completely different from person to person versus turning inwards from a place of compassion and curiosity. And then that leading us to, hey, external guidance would be incredibly supportive here. Completely different flavor. Because in that appointment, I wasn't relying on her to like fix and solve all my issues. There was very specific things I needed from her and her guidance or any expert's guidance to to provide me so I could then keep kind of turning back inwards. Like I was not handing off the responsibility of all of my issues and traumas to be solved by her, which is what happens when we seek external guidance from a place of fear. Is like it's actually this kind of handing off our own responsibility to somebody else. Versus when we seek guidance from an external source from a place of internal wisdom, we are taking responsibility from ourselves or for ourselves, not from ourselves. (laughs) We are like co-creating the outcome then with the other person. And that's a lot of what I do with my clients is this co-creation, is helping them connect to their internal wisdom so they can get the answers from themselves, not need me to give them the answers because I can't give them the answers. There's certain things I can help with, of course. There's certain like practical things that I can absolutely answer. It's only when those questions are asked from kind of this clean place of not needing the answer to solve the problem. It's just an answer that then helps like feed more into your internal wisdom that the answer actually is helpful. Again, often then going back to this urgency pattern, when the kind of sub thing that happens from this urgency pattern is the need to know all the answers and I need to know them now and I need to seek it out and I just need to know what's going on so that way I can fix it. And really, well, the reason we're seeking those answers with such urgency is because we are in a place of such discomfort in our own bodies, which is like the fear response, which is suffering, which is fear of uncertainty. Again, it's going to be fear, though, that we are trying to get out of that. And we're hoping somebody else can just give us the tool and the answer so we don't have to be in our own discomfort. And here is the harsh truth. No external source, no external person can feel your discomfort for you. And when I say discomfort here, I mean the discomfort of being a human. The paradoxes that come with being a human. The full range of emotions that come with being a human including fear, including suffering, including anxiety. All of these things are something we need to fully be with first before they can ever shift. Because when we are with them fully, that is when they can actually process and move through. And usually an urgency pattern is operating to buffer against 
feeling something that just feels too uncomfortable to be with. And there's no judgment of that. Like, I really want to say I'm not saying this with any judgment. Like I just said, I do it too, right? Like sometimes it's like such an instinctual reaction in our nervous system that we none of us are like even doing it on purpose, right? It's just noticing of like, oh, wow, when I have this urgency, what am I really trying to avoid feeling? Because when you feel into urgency and you chase the urgency and you follow the urgency, you'll never have to feel what's underneath, which can be an incredibly intelligent coping mechanism. We don't have the capacity to be with what's underneath. I just want to encourage you when you are noticing urgency, can you use this instead as a signal to train yourself to say, whoa, (sighs) take a breath, pause. Why is this urgency here? What am I avoiding being with? And just breathing into that and letting your body respond. And having tons of compassion for this process, knowing that this process is not often a one and done process, that it often will bring up some type of emotional pain, because that is often what we are avoiding being with. And when we allow that to move through and have this safety for it to move through, all of a sudden we have so much more openness and spaciousness to just fully be in the present moment. So we're not having to fight it off. Again, just inviting you to notice. Can you notice with compassion when you're in urgency and ask yourself, what is this really about? And I want to encourage you, this can be something depending on what your ex- like lived experience has been, how much safety you have had to have to have your emotions and to be with your emotions, this process truly may need to be done with another person who can hold it, hold this experience and hold the space for it. Because if our nervous system has not learned that it is safe to have grief, to have anger, to have disappointment, to have fear, to have frustration, anxiety, whatever else is coming up, then it's going to be, it's almost impossible then to feel that emotion that does need to come through. We first need to build the safety. So again, this is not, sometimes this can be a process where if you have the capacity, literally just listening to this episode and be like, holy shit, I have urgency. And asking yourself what's underneath here, you, you might get some freaking awesome answers and yet some hugely insightful answers. And other times it feels like you're kind of stuck. And there's like this wall up and you're like, okay, like, yeah, I have urgency, but like, I don't know what to do. I'm still not understanding like what I'm supposed to do with this. Often that is because there is a lot more protective mechanisms in place and there is not the nervous system capacity to kind of be with whatever is underneath the urgency yet. And can that just be okay? And even just acknowledging that and being with that, that that is what opens up the space to begin to build that capacity. And knowing that it's something that often that will not often will be extremely extremely supported by having support through this process and that's where you know coaches come in and I come in and that's what I offer for my clients is creating this nervous system capacity and the space to be with whatever is coming up and to give your nervous system the safety to feel whatever needs to come up or wants to come up. And so don't hesitate to reach out if you're looking for support. 
And one of the fastest ways I have found for most people, and again, ask me if you are not sure if this is right for you because I have you know way more things that we can go through to make sure this is right for you. What I have found though, is especially with chronic pain, there is so many layers of shame built up around it and so many other things that are built up around it that when you actually can be witnessed and seen and validated and heard by a group of people, like-minded people, not even like-minded, everyone has their own, right? Like we don't all have to believe and think the same things. I don't mean like-minded in that way, but like-minded in the sense of they all know how to hold space, that this catalyzes and 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 um, like almost speeds up the process of giving your nervous system capacity because it is seen and heard with like by more, by more people and more nervous systems that actually does build capacity faster. And that is actually why I really switched into a group program because I found that that was the piece missing in one-on-one. And I still do do some one-on-one. So again, there are different things I will recommend for different people, depending on where you're at with your journey. I have some very specific criteria and things that I look at. Again, just book a consult call if you're not sure. But I recommend if a group, if you've never tried a group, that the group that I provide is this loving, supportive space that is all about growth, all about meeting each other where we are. and also has the same intention of growth, of moving forwards, of expanding out our lives, that it just, it's just like magical to experience the support in it. Like I love it so much. Every week I'm just like blown away by just the amazingness and wisdom that comes from the group. So If you want to know more about it, please reach out. Just DM me on Instagram or my email is going to be down below on the show notes and or just follow me on Instagram. And yes, and if this episode was helpful, if you find yourself in this pattern or you know somebody else who is, please share it with a friend, leave a review. Um, All those things help other people find this podcast who may benefit from this information. And thank you so, so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.